So we're continuing in today, and today we find ourselves in Meseches Demai, Perek Gimel, Mishnah Vav, and Mishnah Dalid, Perek Dalid, Mishnah Aleph, Chapter 3, Mishnah 6, and Chapter 4, Mishnah 1. So Chapter 3, Mishnah 6, Perek Gimel, Mishnah Vav, says as follows, Hanosi Lechamoso, so remember again, continuing on the cases that we've seen so far, where Halacha Lamais, we're trying to figure out what is the status if a person goes ahead and gives, let's say, wheat to someone, for preparation purposes, can they assume that what they gave is what they are getting in return? Sanosin the an interesting case. A person gives his mother-in-law, who is an Amo Aretz, food to cook for him. What's the halacha? Ma'asr shu no He has to tithe what he gives her. Because remember again, now that I give an ama artist something that is untithed. Vashu no tzimah but you also have to retithe anything that she gives back to you. Now, this is interesting. Why is that? So this is what's interesting. Because it's your mother-in-law, and because it's someone who's related to you, the assumption is that if she messes up the food that she's preparing, she'll replace the food that she ruined with her own food. And therefore, because she's an Amoretz, you have to be concerned that what she is replacing it with is untithed. So the Gemara says, why is this? Now, even though we learned before in Mishnah Dalid that Amoretz doesn't normally exchange food that's given to them, this case is different, Rabbi Huda says, why? Because number one, this is a mother-in-law, and therefore she wants her daughter to have food. So if she messes up the food that her son-in-law gave her, she's going to go ahead and replace it. And number two, she's embarrassed in front of her son-in-law. She doesn't want to have to tell her son-in-law that she ruined the food. And therefore, again, even though an Amal Aretz doesn't normally exchange food that is given to him, in this situation, there is a concern that a mother-in-law would do so. Now, the Bartanura points out the Rabbanon, on the other hand, disagree with Rabbi Yudah. And they say that halacha lamaisa, a mother-in-law is treated like any other ama aretz, and therefore the assumption is that whatever she's given is what she is going to return. Now, Mod Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda will agree with the Rabbanon, benosi in the chamoso shviyas, shene chashuda lahachlif lahachil as bita shviyas. So this is interesting. The one case where Rabbi Huda will agree is when it comes to shmita produce. That as much as there's a concern that perhaps a mother-in-law will substitute her own untied food for the food of her son-in-law that was ruined, when it comes to Shemitah, even Ami Ha'aretz, even ignorant individuals are careful with Shemitah produce, and therefore we are not concerned that Halacha Lamaisa, she may come to substitute, uh, we'll call it Shemitah-friendly produce given to her by her son-in-law, with produce that has an Iser Shemitah on it. Incredible. That concludes Parak Gimel. We now find Mazel Tov, Mishnah, Parak Dalad, Mishnah Aleph, Chapter 4, the first Mishnah. Halokeach peros mimisheinu ne'aman ala maizros. V'shachach la'asrun. This is an interesting case. Salach la'asrun, the following situation. Let's say a person purchased fruit from someone who's not trusted regarding maizr. Anama Aretz. I purchased fruit from Anama Aretz. V'shachach la'asrun. Now what happens? Now it's Shabbos. Now it's Shabbos. And I forgot to tithe the produce before Shabbos. Now remember again, one is not permitted to go ahead and tithe produce on Shabbos. It's tikkun mana. It has the appearance of fixing something. May also have related issues that it looks like engaging in commerce. So therefore, one is not permitted to do this. So now, but it's Shabbos and I need the produce. What's the halacha? What's the halacha? Sholo b'Shabbos yochal alpev. So I, if I could ask the ama aretz, the seller, did you tithe it? And the Amma Aretz says, yes, I could rely on his yes and eat the produce on Shabbos. However, 
This heter is only to allow you, in other normally, the whole idea of demai is that Amaretz is not believed to say that he tithed. In this situation, we'll rely on the Amaretz because we have no choice because it's Shabbos. But that only allows you consumption on Shabbos. Once Shabbos is over, one is obligated to tithe the produce. So once it gets dark, you can't go ahead and eat the produce until you go ahead and... Until you go ahead and tithe the produce. Lomatso. Now what happens if halacha lamaisa, a person did not go ahead and find the, find the amaretz, the seller. And therefore again, he wasn't able to ask him, did you take trumas amaisrus or not? Or trumas at least. Amarlo, excuse me. Amarlo so let's say again, you can't find the seller, but let's say you find someone else who says, ah, this seller, I know that he separates out Meiser. So the halacha is you could rely on his testimony. You can't go ahead and eat from any of it until you go ahead and tithe the produce. So what you begin to see over here is something very interesting, which is that halacha lamaisa even though normally we're not going to believe what an Amma Aret says, and certainly not what an unrelated Amma Aret says, for Shabbos, if someone tells you that the produce is tithed, halacha lamaisa, that will allow Shabbos consumption, but on Matzi Shabbos, one will have to go ahead and tithe. Chumas Meiser Shod Koma. This is an interesting situation. I buy produce from an Amaaret, so it's Demai, and I separated out Chumas Meiser, which remember again, Meiser goes to the Levi. Chumas Meiser is the portion from the Levi's portion that has to be given to the coin. I separated it out, but it fell back into the, it fell back into the mixture. It fell back into the mixture. Now, when it falls back into the mixture, it creates a mixture that is called Demai. What's that? This is interesting. Now, in this situation, what ends up happening over here is that halacha lamaisa. Now, demai, right? Well, excuse me. Once it's once you have this, once you have this mixture, dimua meduma. Once you have this mixture, so that creates a problem. So, in this situation, Rabbi Shimon says something very interesting. Rabbi Shimon says, in this kind of situation, you can go back to the seller and you can ask him, tell me. Did you separate out Shumas and Maestros? And if he says that he did, then you could rely on his word. So what you begin to see over here is as follows. The whole concept of Demai is a rabbinic stringency. And therefore, again, when that stringency causes either undue difficulty or potential loss, essentially the rabbis dispensed with the stringency. So if it's Shabbos, and this is the produce that I have, I can rely on asking the seller, did you go ahead and take Truma Samaisus? And if he says, yes, I can rely on that. If, let's say, I separated out Truma Samaisus, but it gets back, it gets mixed back in with the chulin, with the unconsecrated part, and I run the risk now of losing everything, then halacha lamaisa, I can go back to the seller, I can ask him, tell me, did you go ahead and separate out Shumas and Maestras? And if he said he did, then I can rely on him. So we are permitted to dispense with the chumrah of demai when it creates either a hardship or potential for total loss. All right, we'll stop over here. Shkayach everyone, a good tevach.